You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where life series of beats, a little bit of knowledge, and this is our February main feed bonus. Welcome, guys. Hello. Welcome. That explains oh, the weird good energy. to be here. Was it weird? <laughs> I just the drank, was a bit odd. <laughs> I just drank several cups of the the cacao coffee, so maybe I'm hopped up on it's a what is it? To... Thiamine? Uh oh, uh, it's not caffeine. I wanted to say Theodosia, but that's from Hamilton. <laughs> Theodosia makes me really hyper. Is that how it goes? Hey Theodosia, what you do to me? <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Uh, we got a great uh, bonus episode here today, uh, partially thanks to a great guest. Yes, uh, we're very excited to uh, welcome a special guest in the studio. And a quick note, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, this is a bonus episode. So if you want to go to our normal episodes, which come out every Tuesday, they're about an hour, 35 questions of general knowledge trivia. Um, you'll see all of those coming out every Tuesday. But this is a special main feed bonus because we have a special guest uh, with a special category and we're very happy. It's all very special. It's all very special. We're very excited to welcome uh, Jeremiah Martin, Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, to the hot seat. How are you, Jeremiah? I'm doing so well. Thanks for having me on, guys. How are you? Great. Doing awesome. And uh, we're super excited for you because you have your own podcast. You just passed six months. Uh, so congratulations from all of us to you. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your podcast, and what you've prepared for us today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name's Jeremiah. I live here in Chicago, uh, so not too far from you all. Uh, I work at a local university, Loyal University of Chicago, Go Ramblers, although our basketball team is having some trouble this season. Uh, we, we've got a lot of good fans. Uh, and yeah, my, my buddy Brandon and I started a podcast a little over six months ago uh, called GG Level Up. We are a celebration of geek culture and a test of nerd knowledge. Uh, we really enjoy hearing about how people got into the things that they love and, and what those things are. So we spend some time talking to them about that. And then we write a custom trivia quiz based on the various nerd knowledge areas that they have. So whether they're well-versed in anime or really into fantasy novels uh, or really love obscure old school video games, we do a little bit of research and uh, write games for the things that they're really interested in and see how well they can do. And I have uh, prepared a quiz today for all of you actually taking some of the old questions from quizzes that I've done in the past 
um, and readapting them for you all here. So we've got a little bit of anime, some video games, some movie trivia, um, kind of runs the board here today. So we'll see how you all stack up against uh, some of the people that have been on the show in the past. Very cool. So we get a, like kind of like a sampler platter of what you could expect from the show. Yeah, exactly. When you're like when you're out to dinner and you can't decide which appetizer, mm-hmm. this is going to be that one. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's just a little bit of everything. I like to think of a couple it as of a... the potato things, a couple of the jalapeno poppers, the potato skins. I used to do that at every restaurant. If they had a platter with potato skins, I would only order the platter for dinner. Two boneless buffalo wings. Two boneless buffalo wings. <laughs> and correct us if I'm wrong. So basically, if someone listening wanted to go on your podcast, they would, I think they fill out a Google form, right? And they say, "Oh, I'm a huge fan of One Piece," uh, or "I love reading uh, One Punch Man." Uh, or yeah. whatever else, Ken, whatever else you like that you'd fill out. I love but the one just in manga. the Matrix. And the Matrix. And they just fill it out, and then you'd, you'd figure out questions. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we ask what are your general areas of knowledge, so they might say anime and comic books, uh, and then we'd ask for a little bit more specific, and they'd say One Punch Man, One Piece, Batman, and you know Spider-Man. And we, we do research and deep dive into whatever they're interested in and come up with some questions on that. Uh, and I will say that uh, Triviality was a huge inspiration to um, to our show. I found you guys uh, over the pandemic and it was right after my partner um, bought our house and I was redoing redoing the ceilings, taking down some popcorn ceilings and it was a, a pretty big project. And you guys kept me laughing um, through the entirety of that project. I still remember listening to the Letterkenny episode the first time uh, before I had ever even watched the show. And while my brother and sister had been pushing me to watch the show, uh, your guys' episode really, really drove it home. And now I absolutely love that show. And Shorzy, I've seen probably six times through already. Well, pitter-patter, let's get at her. There you go. If you're ready to go. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, we do want to say for the record that we emailed Jeremiah and said our specialty uh, is popcorn ceilings. So all the questions today are going to be about popcorn ceilings. Yes. Uh, and the first question is, which is easier to remove, a painted popcorn ceiling or a non-painted popcorn ceiling? <laughs> I'm going to say painted because it all sticks together. That'd be my guess. Just, is... just take a bulldozer to the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that is the correct answer. Take a bulldozer to the house because it is a grueling process. Throw the whole house out. I'm sure it. of the four of us, only Jeff has removed a popcorn ceiling. Yes, and I've done it the old-fashioned way by ripping the ceiling down because, yeah, I was never going to With your bare that. hands. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. excited. So uh, we're excited to see this uh, the sampler here, and hopefully we'll do pretty well. Yeah, I've got high hopes for you guys. Uh, so to get started, we will start with question one. I got 15 questions here. Um, so question number one. A true anime ca- classic, Cowboy Bebop features the adventures of the often unlucky bounty hunters Spike, Jet, and Faye, along with their companions Ed and Ayn. Strangely enough, there is not a character that features the name Bebop because that is the name of what? Ah, yeah, yes. too, too easy for me and Jeff. So let's see if Matt or Neil can can get the this. warthog right is there a warthog the warthog no well rocksteady was a rhino oh. ah. <laughs> that's that was good man i've never and on brand for this particular game i've never seen this show but assuming being a jazz drummer i would assume it's referencing bebop jazz it is but it's very also specifically the name of something in the show oh is that the, the corgi's name? name what would you name that's not a being oh the ship Exactly. The ship. It's going to give you uh, Nathan Fillion and Firefly as an example. <laughs> does the ship, when it when it does the engine go like, bebop, 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, when you, when you as, fire it up. It's yeah. about as janky as that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and the correct answer is their ship. Uh, it is, and it originally formed as a fishing vessel. Fun fact about Cowboy Bebop: This is a trip, extra trivia. Um, all of the ships on the ship, so Spike, Faye, and Jet's ship, are all named after fish. So the Bebop still technically is a fishing trawler, as mm-hmm. it is fully loaded with fish. Oh, you've got yeah. uh, Jet's hammerhead, Spike's the swordfish, swordfish too. Yep, and uh, the red tail, I believe. Yeah, it's Faye's yep. zipcraft. Yeah. Yeah, the red tail. Yeah, you guys definitely know your bebop. All right, well, question number two. Uh, this is a mix of a geek and a sports question here. Well, a university question, I guess. While walking around the streets of Chicago, you may get a lot of Gryffindor vibes thanks to Loyola University's maroon and gold colors. However, if you are walking around Iowa City, you may think you are in the common room of which other Hogwarts house? Mm-hmm. Double trouble. So, Matt, do you want to handle the uh, sports portion of this? What are we looking for? The color of Iowa City's uh, school. For the Iowa colors. City or so Iowa there's State? A, there's a university in Iowa City that is located mm-hmm. in Iowa City, and its colors are the same colors as that mm-hmm. as a as one of the Hogwarts houses. Oh, is is Neil your alma mater perchance located in Iowa City? It is. Oh, the black and black and gold. That's where I first uh, had alcohol and got so drunk <laughs> I called my mom and said uh, the desensitation desensitization. Wait, descent. What's the word? Are you drunk now? I, I am not. <laughs> I can't even say the word. Desensitization. Thank you. Fifty Cent was desensitizing the youth, but I love his album. So you are you, now you as a. <laughs> Respected mascot got to see a lot of the uniform. You remember what color those those uniforms were? I do know what color they were, but I, am I supposed to tell you? Yeah, go ahead. We all know. Gold they, and black. Yeah. Black and gold, like the song. All right, black so and gold. So now what Hogwarts house is black and gold? I, so I know the Ravenclaws are, are the blues, blue and whitish, mm-hmm. blue and gray. I believe we're looking so for that's... Cedric Diggory's house. Yeah, um, and I, I believe the Slytherins are the greens. So that Hufflepuff? Leaves Hufflepuff. My boy! My boy. <laughs> and you all killed that question, like Cedric Diggory. So uh, is I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> I want to try the sorting hat. Has everyone here been sorted? Have you yes. been sorted, Ken? I, <laughs> I refuse to be sorted. He's a Slytherin. As you know, there's basically four types of kids. Ken is wearing green and black currently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you been sorted, Matt? Have I been sorted? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I oh, oh, you're Slytherin too. Okay. Yeah. Jeremiah? I just, I, I'm not fluent, but I speak a little oh, parcel, parcel tongue. tongue? <laughs> yeah, I, I often get Gryffindor. You do? So, okay. Uh, matches matches my alma mater quite well. I think yeah. refusing to be sorted pretty much says that you're a Slytherin, right? I immediately wanted to be, which is pretty much how I ended up in Ravenclaw. Ken's a Death Eater, I think. He, unsortable. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Announced in early 2021, the Marvel villain Craven the Hunter is getting their own big screen adaptation with Aaron Taylor Johnson playing the title role. While he may not be a household name, Taylor Johnson has definitely cut his teeth in some geek, great geeky franchises. Already making an appearance in the MCU as Pietro Maximoff, starring in 2010's Kick-Ass, and this 2014 film where he played opposite a beast that Craven would definitely take a crack at. Oh man, you named all the ones that I had like right at the top of my head. What else? What did you say? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen. And he took a crack at a beast that Craven or 
opposite of beast that Craven would take a crack at. So Spider-Man villains. Hmm. Oh, oh, I know it. Is this the? Uh, it's a quite. It's a quite large beast. Yeah. Is this? Uh, Cranston was in this, right? Yeah, yeah. Is he in this one? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he has lightning coming out of his yeah, mouth. This one, it's it's a very large dog, if I recall. <laughs> As Ken says, <laughs> throwback yes. to episode four. <laughs> Call back. But now, but now my Japanese is a little better, so I know it's a derivative of the word whale. Um, so, oh, is that where it comes from? Yeah. Gojira. Mm-hmm. Godzilla. So, Godzilla. It is Godzilla. Yes, uh, and I love how they they said that. Like all the marketing was Brian Cranston heavy and he's in the movie for 20 minutes maybe. And you're just like, Oh cool. Now we're just Aaron Taylor Johnson trying to get back to his family while Godzilla fights giant moth things. <laughs> Is Brian Cranston like the crazy scientist who nobody listens to pretty much? Movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember that was a Gareth Evans movie. And then I believe after the su- success of that, he got rogue one and unfortunately was replaced on rogue one. But, um, it was a fun one. I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah, it's a good film. Uh, I used to work at a movie theater and that I was there while that film came out and uh, the marketing materials were all really cool. And then you watch the movie and just, you're like, oh, this is good, but it doesn't mm-hmm. didn't quite hold up. To it that. was supposed to kick off like they're, they were going to make a Mothra movie and they were going to make a ton of those movies and it just did not they do did. what they yeah, they yeah, did make them? They made Skull Kong, Island and they then made a um, second. Godzilla vs. Kong and then, yeah, that in, in, included King Ghidorah. So, yeah. Well, I watched none of those. There's like four of them now. Three or yeah. four. Yeah, Godzilla King of Monsters, which I, I enjoyed. That was that was pretty good with Millie Robbie Brown. So it happened, Matt. It happened. It's happening. Matt oh. went into a cave and just ignored it. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> he was following Brian Cranston, and after he left, he's just I was like, just rewatching the Matthew Broderick one over and over. Classic. Oh, oh, Neil, Godzilla versus Kong. Great who's who's going to win? <laughs> Godzilla. Oh, Kong. you're talking about my brother, Kong? <laughs> Godzilla clearly going to win, and my brother is just like, Kong's going to win. Totally. No, no, no. It wasn't. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> the story was. I don't know the story, though. Yeah, go ahead. It was uh, your brother was Godzilla camp. Oh. And he... our friend, our other friend was uh, Kong camp. Oh, right, right. And he got, he just got caught up in the moment, and when asked who's going to win, he, he said Kong on accident. <laughs> That's right. Okay, that's right, yeah. And he was wearing a Godzilla shirt at the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. He just got he just got caught up in the moment. Well, question number four, written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki, Princess Mononoke is a, per, a personal favorite. Uh, was released in 1997 and follows Ashitaka as he gets involved in a conflict between the forest gods and the humans who are consuming the forest resources. Filled with beautiful scenery, incredible characters, and plenty of awe-inspiring moments, the film didn't do well at the box office, but did great in DVD and video sales, helping to increase the popularity of this animation studio outside of Japan. Okay. So hard. Yeah. Kind of nine. Kind of nine. I'm good on this one if if Matt wants to take a guess. Uh, Studio Piggly. I could see the Piggly for the Porco Rosso, mm-hmm. which was his previous film. But yeah, we're all big Studio Ghibli fans here. And by all of us, I mean Ken and I definitely are. So I was sweating <laughs> when I thought you were going to ask like a specifically Mononoke question. Because oh, if I missed it, I was ready. I'd have to turn in. I was ready for Lady Eboshi. <laughs> I was ready for, you know, the. You'll have to add it to your, uh, your form when we do the episode. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah, I'll make sure to get some specific some Princess ones. Mononoke yeah. questions on there. Uh, question Studio number Ghibli three. Is the answer. I don't think we said Studio, it. Sorry, I did. Studio oh, okay, you did. 
question number five, excuse me. Uh, question number five is a little bit shorter. Uh, released in 2003, this Nintendo handheld system was the first in the series to feature a lighted screen, initially front lit, and then moving to a backlit model and a folding design. Was that the, was that the first DS? DS, possibly? So the DS is different than the 3DS, right? Right. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it's got a secondary yeah, the 3D DS screen. Yeah, the DS was the little square one. Right. The original DS had the, like the two. It looked like a like a compact almost, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think the DS would be our answer. Okay. Well, this was released prior to the DS. This featured only one screen, and it was the Game Boy Advance SP. Oh. oh. Uh, Hand over that XLP, bro. Sorry, that was a Domino's reference, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's my one of fair commercials of all time. Reference. Yeah, don't hear a lot of those. <laughs> if anyone has seen the XLP commercial for Domino's, please let me know because it was always great. And we we specifically ordered the XLP just so we'd have the guy say, we could say, hand over that XLP, bro. <laughs> I mean, they sure did they not appreciate. They it. did not like it. Yeah, every time, like Ugh, again. <laughs> it's like, oh, we know Neil's calling. <laughs> they screen your phone number and it's like, yeah. We'll let that <laughs> They must really want that pizza if they call twice. Spit on this one. (laughs) Has that actually, just a little uh, quick aside here, uh, but has that happened to anyone before where now with caller ID, I've called places before um, thinking that I was anonymous to ask a question and all of a sudden they're like, oh, hi, Neil. And it freaked me out. Well, when I call the uh, local Chinese uh, restaurant and I give them my very specific and always the same order, they they go, okay, for Ken. I'm like, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I, uh, I had something similar happen. There was a Thai restaurant that was right next to the movie theater that I worked in. And I didn't even have to walk in the door. I would just stick my head to the window and wave and they would start making my order. Oh. And in 10 minutes, they would walk it over to the movie theater uh, and they knew exactly what I wanted. Oh, this, that's I, great. I like that. I was like, I like that I, very much. Yeah, my previous job, I used to walk over to a deli every day and they, any, they as soon as they saw the phone number, they're like, yeah, we got your order. We'll we just brought time. out the five pound slab of salami. No, they Brought had a very you. they had a very good um, turkey sandwich with a key lime mayo that they made in the mm. house. Was this a deli named after a uh, hockey stick uh, vigilante? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we question continue? number? <laughs> question number six. Stranger Things and D and D have gone hand in hand since the show opened with the characters wrapping up a nine hour campaign as they faced off against the Demogorgon. Even outside of their game, Will, Dustin, Lucas, and Mike take their party composition seriously and assign classes to each new member. When Max makes the argument to join the party, what class does she say that she is? Well, ooh, I am not Stranger Things uh, versed, but I can help with the D&D portion. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. That was probably season two, so it's been a long time. But I, for some reason, I'm vaguely remembering her having like a wizard outfit or maybe that was will maybe will was like the merlin uh, maybe scratch that i think will was the, the wizard do you need some classes thrown at you i don't know if it'll help honestly she kind of feels like a rogue to who me? is max max is the red-headed girl yeah she like moved to the town i'll, I'll okay. give you guys a hint Road if skateboards. you want sure we'll take one this is it is not a traditional class. So this is something that she says. This is kind of her own made up class. Uh, so you, you, you kind of have to know the show yeah, to get this one. I'm out. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't recall that one. Badass ass kicker goblin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she rides around on a skateboard all the time, and she says that she would be a zoomer. 
Mm. She would go fast, uh, which she then demonstrates at the end of the season, driving her brother's car uh, ridiculously fast, having one person work the pedals and the other person work the steering wheel. Got to go fast. Is that Billy? Uh, Billy, yeah. What if you're a boomer (laughs) as a class of Dungeons & Dragons? If you were a boomer in Dungeons and Dragons, you probably wouldn't play. You're really into the satanic panic, and you're going to say some potentially uncouth things while sitting at the table. I thought if you were one of the cool boomers, you were still playing version 1.0. <laughs> yeah, AD&D. There we go. You collapse right. the economy of your local <laughs> hamlet. <laughs> uh, more of a Thor. Anyways, the old uh, trickle-down campaign. Mm. <laughs> Uh, question number seven is a Lord of the Rings question. In the Battle of Barad-dûr, King Elendil broke his sword while fighting Sauron, and his son Isildur would take up the broken blade to cut the one ring from Sauron's finger. The shards of this blade would later be reforged into a blade that was presented to Aragorn as he went to reclaim the throne of Gondor and fight for the free peoples of Middle-earth. Tell me the names of both of these blades for the points. Anybody? No, uh, Wesley Snipes. I, I would get there. Mahershala <laughs> Ali. Um, Two blades. Baradur. Baradur. <laughs> the Battle of Baradur. Um, Narsil. That's one. Is one. And the other one is... Narsil is the original one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it's reforged into... It starts with an A. Acai bowl ingredient or Lord of the Rings blade? <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty funny. Starts with an A. Why am I not remembering this offhand? Andoril. Oh, Andoril. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Narsil and Andoril. Andoril. Yeah. All right. So, going into a couple more general questions. Uh, number question number eight. Once a niche and frowned upon hobby, the video game market is now worth more than movies and music industries combined. Grand Theft Auto V and EA's Tetris have both broken the astonishing 100 million copies sold benchmark. However, only one game has done the even more impressive feat of breaking 230 million copies sold and is the best-selling video game of all time. What is this game? Ken, you want to talk about Roblox? Hmm? Roblox? Do you think it is? No. No, I I think I know what it is yeah is it it's minecraft it's isn't minecraft. it yeah. because it's on it's on every system it's on phones it's on computers and i think it's mostly free or cheap or whatever i think and then it's microtransactions mm. so i remember a while back hearing that it was like bigger than anything else and i was astonished to learn how much bigger so okay. i think it's minecraft let's say it and the answer is Minecraft. Yeah, selling more than double the runner-up. It is. Um, you're exactly correct, Matt. It is on every single platform. You can pick up a copy for twenty bucks. Uh, there's several different iterations. It's yeah. It's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I've see, also seen a, a wonderful mine or mine, uh, a wonderful meme that says that in 1920, children were removed from the mines. Uh, child labor laws were passed and children were removed from the mines. Uh, and in 2020, the best-selling video game was Minecraft. And so clearly the children just yearn for the mines. <laughs> That's good. All right. Question number nine. Drawing inspiration from all over the place, the Pokemon can either be very creative, like how Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan are based on real-life martial artists, to things a bit more on the nose, like Mankey being based off of a monkey. 
Some inspirations hit a little too close to home, like this member of the original 151, whose appearance and gluttony were directly inspired by Game Freak, Game Freak programmer Koji Nishino. Well, uh, Lick It Tongue is definitely not inspired by DJ Khaled, correct? <laughs> definitely not. No. <laughs> definitely not. It, it might be inspired by Michael Douglas. Gene Simmons. <laughs> Maybe not. Or um, Gene Simmons, yeah. yeah. Um, so a gluttonous, a gluttonous Pokemon. Who's probably lazy and and tired. And what was the name? Orson Welles? No. Slowpoke? <laughs> No. Oh, slowpoke. Uh, that could be. I think. I think it's Snorlax. I think oh, he Snorlax. is a very gluttonous, large Pokemon. Does he eat a lot? As well He's as sleep eaten. a lot. Okay. I know he sleeps a lot. I know that nothing of Pokemon. The resident Pokemon master, so we can default with Snorlax. Yeah. And the answer is Snorlax. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and the the gentleman still works at Game Freak, uh, Koji Nishino. Uh, and if you pull up a picture of him, it. Looks like Snorlax. Uh, I don't know whether he's super happy or a little hurt about the fact that they put him in the game, but uh, yeah, he's there forever. <laughs> uh, they told him like, "Hey, we put you in the game." He's like, "Oh, that's awesome. Let me see." <laughs> it's like so your funny. big fat slob that never stops eating. <laughs> Not even that big. So rude. No, he's by Japanese standards, yeah. maybe, but. Yeah. Uh, and Matt, uh, speak, not American. Speaking standards. of Pokemon, um, over on our Discord, which we love uh, listeners and fans to go check out, you do a lot of Pokemon raids or whatever you call it over there, right? Yeah, we're still playing Pokemon Go. Uh, six years running. Awesome. Right. Uh, that that's a game that I tried out for the first weekend, and then uh, I still have several plan- friends that play, but I uh, haven't stuck with that one. So that's awesome to hear that you're you're still playing. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. 
Face-off launches April 9th. Uh, but this brings us to question 10, so two-thirds of the way through the quiz. Science fiction fans have a lot of incredible television shows to get invested in. From Stargate to Doctor Who, Star Trek to Westworld, the sci-fi genre is filled with incredible characters and stories. However, while there are many wonderful shows that have come to satisfying endings, there are also a number of shows that have gotten the plug pulled too early, including this fan favorite that tells the adventures of the crew of the Serenity as they travel the galaxy trying to find jobs enough to keep food on the table. May or may not have said this, this guy again. Earlier. Take my yeah. load, take my land, <laughs> take me where I cannot stand, Jeff. That's right. Uh, Firefly. Yeah, Owl mm -hmm. City. <laughs> Firefly. It is Firefly. I thought you were going to yes, sing I... the, the tale of Jane Cobb over there. Um, so I just looked up this Koji Noshino guy again. Yep. And we're, his we're nickname his nickname was Kirby, and the character of Kirby was also based on him. So everyone oh. <laughs> they loved this man ate so much at the office that they <laughs> named two gluttonous characters after him. I think That's the a... I think the guy who used to work at my office was just trying to get a video game character based on him. That's why he was hogging all the donuts. Oh uh, man. Yeah, he was he was the inspiration for Simpsons Hit and Run, apparently. <laughs> Question number eleven. Marvel and DC Comics are the two most popular comic companies in history and are responsible for hundreds of memorable heroes, villains, and supporting characters. However, there are plenty of other publishers that have created amazing characters like Oni Press that published a series of graphic novels from 2004 to 2010 and featured this Canadian musician title character who falls in love with a delivery girl with an impressive courting history. I got it. Is that the turn into a movie that I'm thinking of? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You got it, Matt? Um, yes, I was never a vegan, but... Now you will be gone? Yeah, or whatever that yeah. quote was. Uh, Scott Pilgrim. It is Sp Scott Pilgrim, as featured in Scott Pilgrim versus the uh, wow. Yes, yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Wow, mm -hmm. brain fart there. <laughs> Good Question. movie. I yeah, like oh, them. great movie. Great movie. And they they have made a video game, and the video game is really really good too. Oh yeah. Who was the yeah. director on that? That was Edgar uh, Wright. Edgar yeah, Wright. I was to say it has the the frenetic quality of an Edgar Wright film. Mm-hmm. And uh, features a, a young Chris Evans, uh, mm -hmm. not in his Captain America suit. So, yeah. You think you could trick me into pulling a move like that? <laughs> That's got a huge cast, though. Brandon Routh, Brie Larson, Mary Elizabeth yeah. Winstead, Aubrey Michael Sarah, Aubrey Plaza, yep. Karen Culkin. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about Karen Culkin. Mm -hmm. All right. Question number 12. Uh, right. I think Matt, not Matt, excuse me. I think Ken and Jeff might be able to get this one pretty easily. Uh, cardboard and ink are particularly are not particularly expensive materials. However, when you put them together, you can get some truly expensive products. In January of 2021, a Black Lotus magic card signed by the artist um, set the world record for the most expensive magic card ever sold. Within 30,000, how much did the card sell for? Was it, was it that much? Um, I, within thirty thousand, I think I know. How this much? one was signed. Oh, more this than was that. signed. More than that? Yeah. Well, I, and this was was this PSA graded? That's really important. was this Post Malone's uh, Black Lotus. Yeah, I think it was the one Post Malone purchased because um, Post Malone. This much? 
almost yeah post malone bought a artist proof signed one by the artist christopher rush mm-hmm. um who did the original design for magic's black lotus christopher rush passed away um oh, some number of years back oh. so um signed uh, art from him is very rare, yeah. and uh, I think he paid close to eight hundred thousand. <laughs> wow! For the card, um, yeah, which for which would would be about six or seven times the going rate for an Alpha Black Lotus, which I at know, about like, one hundred fifty grand. And then he still, Jake Paul, still Jake Paul spent two million on that, uh, like one of six PSA ten. Charizard. Original Charizard yeah, or whatever. He threw away his money. He's dumb. Who who uh, paid that much? I mean, don't get me wrong. Paying that much uh, money for a Magic card. I, I think it, I think it was Jake Paul. Oh, Jake I don't think Paul. It was okay. Logan. Oh, that's right. Because he wore it around his neck to like a wrestling event. <laughs> yep, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. What so an idiot. Eight, uh, so we I say eight hundred thousand. I think it was almost right? eight hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay, so um, I had I had to do a little bit more research on that. Um, so Post Malone announced that he recently spent. Eighty thousand dollars on a mm. on a Magic the Gathering card. Um, however, he then corrected to say eight hundred thousand. That that figure is not fully confirmable. However, the next highest confirmable is five hundred and eleven thousand and one hundred dollars sold oh in January two thousand and twenty one. Yeah. yeah. So either way, over half a million dollars for a small piece of cardboard and ink. Wish I had one of those. <laughs> uh, Viewers can't see this, but that wink. Do you have a black lotus? No. <laughs> Someone might. Someone might. And, Someone and might. It was Logan Paul, and he paid five point two seven five million for it. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Pokemon. And that card. was for the Illustrator Pikachu card, not the Charizard, which is, I think, one of only four, like five that exist, and it's it was a like so an it was exclusive a good deal, contest one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's probably no, it's, worth. At like that point, you're, in the, you're in the art market basically which is that's a scam i, I know this is, right off from. <laughs> yeah. i know this is a visual medium matt and we spoke about stranger things earlier but your your lamp behind you and the fan looks like a demogorgon with their mouth open a little it bit does. Lamp, <laughs> so, does so we moved in and this house had owls everywhere um this lamp this live this, owls not like you still have some of the yeah. owls i love owls <laughs> This fan is a custom leaf fan that had owl things hanging from it. Wow. And we've we've just kept it. It it's on the front page of some websites like check out our custom pieces and we just looked and like, hey, that's our stupid fan <laughs> that you have get in the rid den. of gotta sell all that the fan other for owls? all the money. The owls? No, they we keep them in the den also. They're okay. sleeping though. So they're back here with me. Ooh. Don't worry. All right, well, who is going to know the answer to question number 13? Uh, Breaking onto the scene in the mid-20th century and quickly becoming one of the most lucrative industries in the world, video games don't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. From being able to fight dragons, compete in a Super Bowl, or even create entire simulated worlds, the games we play have come a long way since the release of this title, the first video game created and built in the Brookhaven, Brookhaven National Laboratory in 1958. So what is the first video game ever created? If I'm not uh, mistaken, I think it might be Pong. I always think, you guys think Pong is the first, but I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, unless it's like a a cheeky one where it's like the game is like, you know, a question or something. You know? I don't think it's Pong. I think Pong is it gets the credit for it. Um just because it was like but, the first like mass viable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you say? 
I don't have an actual 20, answer. Was it 20 <laughs> questions or something like that? That's what I'm wondering if it's, yeah, if it's like a question-based thing. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, we'll give that nebulous answer and see what you say. All right, well, Pong is really close, uh, and Pong actually evolved from this game. This game's title was Tennis for Two. Hmm. Hmm. Tennis yeah, for Two. Yeah, so it plays almost exactly like Pong, and you and use two a for dial to move the... Yeah. Sounds like a bad rom-com, Tennis for Two. Oh, yeah. You should write that one. <laughs> <laughs> he already sold it to Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry missed his date and ended up at a tennis court. Serena is the tennis instructor. But Jerry works. It for could be about like an aging racket. tennis pro, and it could be called Forty Five Love. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was gonna great. say that love is an ace. Can I get yeah. Jerry O'Connell yeah. as the aging tennis <laughs> pro? And... <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want as your uh, as your tennis pro? Love you, Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, Forty Five Love. <laughs> All right, uh, only two questions left in the quiz. Uh, we are coming back to Firefly on this one. Uh, written and created by Joss Whedon, the 2002 Space Western Firefly faced challenges from the beginning with the show being broadcast out of order and the show even being canceled after 11 of the 14 episodes had aired. Regardless of the challenges, Firefly has an incredibly passionate fan base that likes to call themselves the Browncoats after the uniforms for the soldiers of the independent planets who faced off against the Purple Bellies of the Union of Allied Planets. Sharp-eyed fans might start to bug out a little bit when they notice that the armor used by the Purple Bellies is actually just repainted suits of armor featured in this 1997 NPH sci-fi film. I know, mm, I know that one then. I would have loved to see if uh, Neil could have gotten this one without the NPH and the year. Uh, no, I have no idea. I, I don't even remember those costumes. Was 1997 the year for Starship Troopers? Yes. Am I on to the correct answer perchance? Yes. I did not know this. Yeah. Especially, especially no, notable on the train episode. Oh, okay. Because all, all the soldiers are in that train. Right, so. right. I've never seen Starship Troopers, so. Great movie. Well, Great it movie. needs you to watch it. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll get that joke fact, if I ever watch it. The uh, That armor was featured in several projects. Uh, you can see it come up. I, I don't remember the other big one, um, but there's four movies that it was featured in. Uh, Starship Troopers first, and then they just kept using it. And finally, they retired it as the Purple Belly armor after they painted it purple. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. That's cool. You get their money's worth. That's important. So uh, that was 15, right? That was 14. 14. We got one question yes. left. One, one more. Final one question. more. I can tell you we've only all we've, the cookies. we've missed three so far. So I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I would say you guys are all doing really well. Uh, and I think you should be able to get this last one, uh, especially Neil. This is more of a movie question. Uh, Winona Ryder plays Joyce Byers in Stranger Things, the quirky single mom of Jonathan and Will. Winona is no stranger to playing quirky characters. What was the name of her character in 1988 cinematic classic Beetlejuice? Oh, I know this too. Yep. Do you know it? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go for it. Lydia Dietz. Lydia Dietz, yes. Love the Which musical I thought too. was interesting. She didn't really get along with her mom, yep. um, but they both were very eccentric and artistic. And I was like, well, you guys are basically the same person. One can just <laughs> see the ghost. Who wouldn't want Catherine O'Hare as their mom other than Kevin McAllister? <laughs> oh my god you <laughs> david 
Yeah, and if you haven't checked out our Shit's Creek episode uh, from last month, check it out. Yes, please check it out. Uh, and that'll do it. We thank you for those uh, great questions. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, right, was, right was, in uh, our wheelhouse. If you like yeah, stuff great, like that, though, where uh, can everybody check you out, Jeremiah? Yeah, they can check us out. Uh, we're mostly on Spotify, but GG Level Up. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, GG Level Up Pod, GG L-V-L-U-P-P-O-D. Um, and we, like I said, we are a celebration of geek culture and a test of nerd knowledge. So if you ever want to see how well you know some of your favorite franchises and properties, uh, head over uh, to our Instagram. And we've got links to our, our Google form where you can fill that out and be on the show. Yeah, and speaking awesome. of being on the show, uh, we're also going to do that if we haven't done that already. So uh, please check out their feed, listen to that episode, and uh, all the rest of them. Yeah, and a special thank you to all our patrons uh, for helping us out, uh, letting us do a bunch of these bonus episodes and special bonus episodes just for patrons on our feed. You can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast and get all of that bonus content along with our new and uh, you know later uh, main feed episodes uh, with uh, no ads. So definitely go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And uh, we're excited to check out your show, uh, Jeremiah, and anything else, uh, everyone? Just thanks to Airwave, as always. Yep, thank you to Airwave Media for uh, just uh, helping us uh, be on their their wonderful network. Uh, there's so many other great shows there over at airwavemedia.com that you can check out. And uh, Ken, uh, there's a lot of new ones, actually, they've added, but uh, are there any that uh, people should check out? Sure. Let's check out uh, Fork in the Road, History Uncovered, and uh, Legends of the Old West. I'm interested in Pulse of the Planet. I'd like to see what that's all about. I'm sure uh, Neil is interested in the labors of Hercule. I, I will be checking that one out uh, as a big fan of Agatha Christie. So, Well, that'll do it for today. Uh, we thank all these chums in the studio, Neil, Jeff, Matt, uh, coming in online for us, and Jeremiah, of course. I am Ken, and that was Triviality. Triviality.